Here we go! Hey there, my name's Bubba. Wait. <laughs> <clears throat> my name's Anna. <laughs> And you're tuned into Church Nerds, an LTN radio morning show, and a proud member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast <laughs> network. Um, <laughs> if you're Sorry. wondering why we are so giggly, uh, I, I introduced Anna to some TikTok videos, <laughs> and I only watch the best TikTok videos. I only share. Your, to- your feed is probably better than my feed because I have not put any effort into it. Because 100%. It's kind of like those, is it going to be worth the time it takes to like teach the algorithm? Why am I stuttering again? To teach the algorithm (laughs) what I'm looking for or what I, what interests me. I'm like, meh, don't care. I don't Uh, care for it. It it does. It does take a hot minute. I've already met you and you already send me TikTok videos in the middle of the night that I I don't appreciate, by the way. I don't know why. We... (laughs) Sometimes I don't understand why you laugh at these things. Those are hilarious. Like one of them was just this person with shaving cream all over their face <laughs> saying like a word. And I, it's, I don't get it. it That's funny. not funny to me. It was it not funny. It was not funny. What about the horse that was uh, trying that, to contact him about his car's extended warranty? That was funny. That no. was funny. Yeah. Well, hey, we're Bubba and Anna. What's uh, up? What? Hey. Um. I are you gonna introduce yourself because you always go uh, first. My name's Bubba, and I share dope TikTok videos. Okay, just on that note, I have become aware that you have taken it upon yourself to send not just me TikTok videos, but TikTok videos also to like a couple of your best friends. I'm kind of a TikTok curator. You stole that from me because that's what I called you. I know, and I like it. You like, like that to be called a, a TikTok curator because it's like, again, I don't know. Like, I think they're on TikTok. So the algorithms they're, yeah, they're, know I mean, they're there. They have an algorithm. Yeah. They have a feed established. Yeah. But somehow, you know them probably better than their algorithm. And they just they like what you send them. And you spend a lot so. of time trying to find the best things. I think that they like what I send them specifically tailored toward their sense of humor. I like what I send them. I <laughs> I don't really get a lot of feedback specifically from one Matthew Warmbier. Um, if I were to show you, I did this on stream the other day. If I were to show you what our conversations look like in, um, it's very one-sided. Yeah. It's like my text conversations with you. That's exactly right. Yes. Oh, burn. Except, like these are funny. <laughs> well, I'm Anna. I am not really on TikTok, people. You're on it now. I have it. To say I'm on it is like I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really. Oh, fair enough. I was on Twitter because I like for a while I was trying to win giveaways and nobody ever wins those things. Um, at least I didn't win those things. 
So people, I people give want up. giveaways on Jay and Pay's stream all the time. Yeah, that's true. On well, anyway, hey, do you wanna you wanna do a quiz? Oh, I have a quiz I was for you. Thinking about that, I felt so bad for myself <laughs> when you that listen. I didn't do the homework that I said I needed oh, to do. Oh, you didn't? I didn't study jack or squat about these stupid spaceships. I'm not super hopeful. This mm. is very. I'm gonna do my like best. niche nerd knowledge here i'm gonna the do spaceships i'm gonna do my best so um if you're just like if this is the first episode that you have ever heard we're kind of for what this season one to start on for this season i have been giving these weekly nerd questionnaire things on different um genres yeah. within the nerd you know sphere and this week is spaceships you've been making me look real bad in front of my friends i know well, I, you've been making probably, me look real bad in front of your friends like you Let's all we need to alternate this because it's just I you it's, failing a lot i think this it's fine i think it's fine okay well here we go are you ready no for spaceships quiz questions in the game homeworld 2 oh my gosh what <laughs> what was the name of the progenitor ship used to open the eye of Iran. Iran. <laughs> We're not off to a good start. Huh? Okay. Homeworld uh, 2. He locks in, huh? Is a game. It is not called, huh? And you're never going to get it. Mother. You want me to just tell you now? Sajuk with two U's. Oh, well, that was going to be my second guess. Okay, you didn't give yeah. me that. You cut okay, me didn't off. didn't get that one. Which ship made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs? Um, well, that's kind of a loaded question because a parsec is actually not a unit of time measurement, but it is the Millennium Falcon. Hey, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You got one. I'm so excited for you. Which ship's control stick featured the buttons fire, turbo, and IM? I am like instant, instant messenger. Instant messenger, Yahoo specifically. Say it again. Say all, all that stuff. Okay. Which ship's control, control stick featured the buttons Fire, Turbo, and IM? It's got to be a like it's some sort of silly ship. Like not like a... Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't really know. <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, 2002 Toyota Camry. <laughs> Mark 1 Colonial Viper. So I, okay. I I don't know what that's from. Which yeah. ships and okay, this is bothering me that they didn't use apostrophes to make these possessive. Okay, got it. <sighs> okay, which ships' engines were overloaded to destroy Installation Zero Four in Halo? Oh, uh, um, I don't know any of these ships' names in Halo. Mm. Um, it has the name of a season in it. I can tell of you a that. season, yeah. The fall ship. The That's fall the correct season ship. D try another the autumn variation. USS Autumn. The Pillar of Autumn. The Pillar Does that of Autumn. Sound familiar to you? Yeah, there there are a lot of like really interesting like Truth and Requiem is another one from the Halo series uh -huh. and the, 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 the ships. Uh -huh. Like, yeah. They couldn't just be like, this is the gray one. <laughs> okay. How about this one? Okay. What shape was the first Borg vessel uh, to be encountered by the USS Enterprise D? I feel like it's a, the only Borg ones I know of are cubes. You're correct. Yeah. 
You got two. That congratulations. Kind of makes me think well. that there are other shapes of Borg vessels, and I don't know that I've seen another shape of a Borg vessel. What type of ship was the Imperial flagship in Return of the Jedi? Uh, was it an Imperial Star Destroyer? I'm going to give it to you. Super Star Destroyer. Oh. But I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. That's three. It looked like wow. an arrowhead. Tell You're you doing better than I thought you would. Same. <laughs> what were the names of the ships sent to restart the sun in the film Sunshine? Never heard of her. What? <laughs> uh, what? The shi- uh, hold on. The ships that were sent to restart the sun. Mm-hmm. Do you want to watch the movie Sunshine sometime? I would I love know. to watch that piece of propaganda. I thought it was just a Mario game. If the sun goes out, you're dead. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Bill Nye. Nothing on Earth is going to restart the sun. Um, Let's just dissect the science you, of this for one second. Have you seen the, the core? Did you watch that movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Movie? I saw the core. That one was good. <laughs> yeah, they uh, had to I'll, restart the core of the Earth. Mm-hmm, if you believe in such things. <laughs> Hashtag not my flat Earth. That's what I'm saying. Um, I have no sunspots. Icarus one and two. Okay, fly. Icarus flew too close to the sun. I get. I get you. How did the Highliner ships of the Spacing Guilds travel in Dune? Oh, in you Dune. just watched in Dune. Dune. Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Ships in Dune. Say say all of it again. Okay. The Highliner. How did the Highliner ships of the Spacing Guilds travel in Dune? Oh, the Spacing Guilds. They traveled in Dune. It wasn't the, but the, they had helicopters that were like dragonflies. That was pretty cool. But that's not, that's not what you're talking about. The ships that traveled. Was I paying attention for that? The Spacing Guild ships. They, it was like. It's, I don't, I don't know how to, it it was like, uh, like, like hyperspeed, like faster than light Mm -hmm. stuff because they had to put them into stasis Mm -hmm. and he like woke up when it was happening and Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have, I don't know. These are all of the words that I'm using to describe the word. Are you ready to learn something? You want to know how they did that? Cause I have the answer. Yes. They folded space. They folded it. They folded space. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch Dune. I don't know that that was explained in the movie. Mm, okay. All right. Which ship first performed the Picard maneuver? The Picard. The Picard. Sorry, I burped. We had Panda <laughs> Express for lunch. Um, the Picard maneuver. Yeah. I'm just going to guess the USS Enterprise. It wasn't. No, it was the, it would have had to have been after Voyager. The Stargazer. Nope. Never would have got there. What was the name of the no- Nostromo's? Lifeboat. Don't know what that is. See, I don't. This is hard because I don't know where. Like, I'm yeah, gonna figure out what would, that would comes help. from. I have no idea. Um, the lifesavers. Uh, one was lime. One was cherry. Oh wait. One was lemon. Xenopedia. What is this? U S C S S Nostromo from. I, I can't figure out what this is from. I got nothing, dude. Oh, I, Ripley. Oh. Oh, from this Alien. This from Alien. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That didn't help. The Narcissus. Mm-mm. Okay. No, well. those are just letters. Okay. Well, that's... Uh, that's I think it? you got three. You got three of seven. Um, uh, three of ten. Hey, three's kind of my sweet spot. Yeah. You've done better 
on some other things. Oh my gosh. But not as badly as that we thought was, maybe this one was going to go. Friends, that was brutal. Next week is Lord of the Rings. Okay. 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 Now, what flavor of Lord of the Rings are we talking here? You're like book or movie? Is that what you're asking? The book or movie or like, I, or is it I just the Lord of the Rings saga or is it Hobbit or? No, this looks to be all Lord of the Rings. Silmarillion. And I think you're going to do well. Third Age. What are we talking here? I think you're going to do well. Don't, yeah. let, don't let any of those yep. questions make yep. you think I know more about okay. Lord of the Rings than I actually do. Well, that's it. That's it for our... Uh, I don't I didn't even time that. Yeah, we were almost right on time. Cool. Yeah. That's that's our quiz for the week. <clears throat> well, I hope you all did way better than I did. You know what wasn't on there? What? Serenity. Yeah, no firefly. None questions. of the none of the easy stuff. None of the What so what it what what spaceship do you know the most about? Like of all the um Do I know the you know? most about? Yeah, well, is it is it like Millennium Falcon? Is I that mean, prob- what you're probably most familiar Star with is like Star Wars spaceships. Because two two of the questions I got correct were Star Wars questions. Yeah, yeah. and so like that that's just a familiar jargon that's in my head. All these mm-hmm. other ones are basically trying to replicate what Star Wars did. Rash generalization. Are there, are there, are there, are there spaceships in Destiny? Oh yeah, oh, yeah maybe 100. Destiny spaceships. Nope, nope. <laughs> there are too many. Like again, <laughs> no. it's just like. This is the the, the smashed and blanket blah, and you're like nobody cares about that at all. Where the Millennium Falcon is like a character in and of itself. Yes. Now Chris Gwaltney, CEO of Love Thy Nerd, he would probably crush all of this. Yeah. He would have done well. Hey, Chris, if you listen to this, which you are totally not going to. No, he's. Uh, just tell us how you scored out of the ten questions. He's going to say he got eleven out of ten. That's that- what he'll say. <laughs> But he, he loves space games, space anythings, just space is, mm-hmm. it's not the final frontier, it's the only frontier for him. <laughs> and so. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, we're going to take a short break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we are talking this episode all about Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Anna finished it. And so we can finally talk about it. And I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, but hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of the Church Nerds podcast. This week in nerd history, broken windows. Microsoft Windows 11, which is actually the 13th or 14th version of Windows, depending on how you define a version, is rolling out worldwide right now to fairly positive reviews. But when Bill Gates announced and showcased Windows 1.0 on November 10th, 1983, there is no way any of us could have predicted the changes the next four decades would bring to the PC. Requiring two floppy disk drives and 192 kilobytes of RAM, Microsoft described the software as a device driver for MS. DOS 2.0. By supporting cooperative multitasking and tiled windows while using well-behaved applications that only use DOS system calls and permitting non-well-behaved applications to run in a full screen, Windows differed from other operating systems that could only do one thing at a time. Microsoft planned to encourage other companies, including competitors, to develop programs for Windows by not requiring a Microsoft user interface in their applications. In an attempt to de-emphasize the multitasking aspect, the company stated that 
Windows' purpose, unlike that of Top View from IBM, was to turn the computer into a graphics-rich environment while using less memory. While originally promised to release in April of 1984, it wasn't until November of 1985 that Windows 1.01 saw its first retail release. And... Well, it bombed. Most critics considered the platform to have future potential, but that Windows 1.0 had not fulfilled expectations. Many reviews criticized its demanding system requirements, especially noting the poor performance experienced while running multiple applications at once. The New York Times compared the performance of Windows on a system with 512 kilobytes of RAM, more than double what was required, to pouring molasses in the Arctic. They also claimed the design was inflexible for keyboard users as Windows encouraged the use of a mouse for navigation, a relatively new concept at the time that many deemed superfluous. If you want to understand how they felt at the time, just think back to what it was like when Windows 8 rolled out and you didn't have a touchscreen. It would be replaced by Windows 2.0 just two years later. Despite the negative reaction, there is no doubt it laid the groundwork for some of the best operating systems throughout the last 36 years and Windows 8, but we try to forget about that one. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more. Welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, my name is Bubba. My name is Anna. And if you found us anywhere besides LTN Radio, which you can get on LTNonair.com, LTNonair.com, or by downloading the Live 365 app and just searching for LTN Radio. Hey, thank you so much for being here. We love to have you. Yep. Hey, okay. So Halloween has already passed. Prove it. We, we know this, we are aware. Um, so typically, as Halloween nears, you start to see a lot more like things in ho- the horror genre being put out there. Yeah, spoopy things. And we're aware that this is not new. Like we didn't talk about this when it was the hotness and it was like fresh off the printing press. What, what, what? film? What year uh, are you right now? <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think of what the current, like, when the moving picture hit the screens, hey, fresh off the flash drive. I don't know. What, what do you record on <laughs> when to? It came out? <laughs> Let's just start there. <laughs> anyway, um, this is not new, but this is what I have been doing. And you, you just finished it not that long ago, right? Uh, I finished it weeks ago, lady. <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. What is time right now? I, I don't binged know. it. I know you binged it. Okay. So, Midnight Mass hmm. came out on Netflix, which I am aware that Netflix is the network of the devil, according to some of our listeners. But. Oh, okay. Well, oh, there you go. Well, they, you know, it's, they, they don't put sometimes the best things out there, but no network uh, yes, does it either. Yes, it is a secular distribution set. Um, well, has to do with some like borderline child abuse kinds of things. I, yep. Um, but okay. Re- Midnight Mass, I think is only viewable on Netflix. It yeah. Came, it's a Netflix original. Um, here, it, here's your, here's your warning. Um, my warning, not you. Okay. I Dear listeners, it. 
if you have not watched Midnight Mass and you want to know, like if you do not want it to be spoiled, we are spoiling it right now. So be ye warned. Um, this is a spoiler episode. You have a few options. You could um, stop listening and uh, go watch it. And yeah. we'll we'll wait. We'll wait for you. Okay. I mean, we're not going to wait right now. Yeah, but yep. you can just uh, catch us um, on Spotify yeah, or later. Apple Podcasts or, you know, any of the places that we're being streamed or even on Ye old Facebook now. Ye old Which mobile. is... Facebook mobile. If you have like a, on a phone though, like not on any other mobile device. Because Facebook is trying to up their game in the podcast world. And uh, so you can kind of, uh, sort of use it for streaming podcasts. Uh, you could also, garbage. if you don't have time for that and you kind of want to know what we're talking about, you could go and find a spoiler on a blog somewhere. I bet there is one of those, like a professional one. Catch up real fast hey, and then come back. Hey, taken, lady. Or... Uh, you could just not care and listen to us talk about this. You just be yeah. here for the ride uh, and then watch it later with some fresh eyes, you know, or whatever. Um, anyway, Those we're are moving your only on. Options. These are the options. The only ones. If you do not want to hear, though, turn up, move on to your next, your next podcast and come back later. Yeah. Okay. So what is Midnight Mass? Obviously... It has mass in the title. So religion is sort of a, a key central theme. Not a collection of atoms that make up. Right. That guy got it. Mass as in like a Catholic <clears throat> church service kind yeah. of kind of deal. Um, Midnight Mass is written and directed by the same like team of people who brought us what? Haunting at Hill House. Mm -hmm. Haunting at Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Seven episodes long. It's kind of a mini thing. It's not, not super long and it's not like part of anything else. You nope. don't have to know anything, like have watched anything else. Legitimate standalone miniseries. Yeah. Which is great for a person like me. I'm like, I don't have time to watch a whole <clears throat> other season of something, especially. Okay. So Barely is it had time to watch this is one it season? horror or is it not horror? Uh, well, if we are to rewind, um, and go back to our conversation from a couple of weeks ago, then yes, it is horror. Okay. So it has, it involves the following things. Vampires. Vampires. Jump scares. Blood. Not as many jump scares as you would think, though. Uh, but a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Blood. <laughs> Obviously, Some because there's blood. vampires in it. Vomit. Vomiting oh, yeah. of blood. <laughs> uh, okay, glowing yeah. eyes. The dark. Um, a little bit of like burning of flesh and uh, water, more water. drinking blood. Cats. There is one uh, throat being cut, which is a little like, oh. uh, and you, one very creepy nun type of person yeah, who you, I if, hate. Like if you have a Karen phobia, <laughs> like she's really going to get to you. Yeah. Now. So it's like, do all of these things make it definitively horror? Horror. Mm -hmm. I, again, it, it, if I'm looking at it through the lens and I'm trying to learn and let grow as a human person, if I look at it through the lens of, you know, what we talked about with Jacqueline a couple of weeks ago, that horror from her definition of horror, it's seeing or experiencing something that is outside of normalcy for you. Mm -hmm. You know, that creates a horror. So it would be. Well, I mean, so I was thinking about this because I'm like, this wasn't as scary to me as the mm. haunting at Hill House and stuff like that. Wasn't supposed and to be, yeah. I, I definitely like Van Helsing um, oh, yeah. with Hugh Jackman. I 
You love, love that movie. That movie. Which has vampires it. and blood and gross drippy like, things. It's supposed and to be scary. It has yeah. Frankenstein and it has a werewolf and it has um what Jekyll and Hyde. Um and then that scene at the end where Hugh Jackman is like holding his yeah. lady and he's, and he's shirtless like howling as a werewolf and all and of his all hair it. falls out yeah and then um, he's just like standing there shirtless <sighs> just like all jacked yeah because yeah. he's Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman Duh. Yeah. he can't not be jacked <laughs> okay so all the scary stuff yeah like I guess Van Helsing is it's about a, as much horror as this would be <clears throat> I would say uh, I, I would say yeah because there were some scary ish parts in Van Helsing that yeah, I, now that I think some about jump it. scares. The first probably I would say two episodes of Midnight Mass were designed to creep you out. Uh-huh. Like that that was kind of I was like, oh, we're back at like Haunting of Hill House kind of stuff here. Like we're mm-hmm. we're kind of in that vein where it's it's like the expectancy, the right. questions. And then literally about three episodes in it was a the, lot more like mystery well the, like things were starting to be answered for you yeah and then the rest of the show you're basically along for the ride like uh-huh. okay how is this going to develop yeah so i thought that was a really interesting way for them to go about that was to basically give you the answer and then yeah you get to just kind mm-hmm. of watch it like, unfold. let's see how this will play out so it, it it from the the aspect of like horror and scare and terror and fear and all that stuff it's like uh, right i mean it wasn't it wasn't like over the top, gratuitous, not you know like Saw or yeah, nothing like that. a Stephen King thing where it's like the the point of it doesn't seem like, like to leave you in this like horrified can't can't go to bed alone tonight kind yeah. of state. Um, it's just a mind bender, big what if yeah. type of thing. It didn't really hit on a lot of or even many of the horror tropes Mm -hmm. um it wasn't overly sexualized there wasn't a lot of language in it like Like some but not not bad when you looked at it it was like okay like situationally speaking when i say not bad like the f word but it wasn't like over the top no 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 all the time out of every character's mouth yeah um so so it's set on a small island called Crockett mm. in who knows where, probably British Columbia. Like it was actually filmed in British Columbia. Was it, really? it was 30 miles off the mainland in the, in the show is, you know, how is what it's supposed to be. Like yeah. you can only get there by ferry. In reality, they built that, they built that village just to film. Oh really? Yes. And they were filming it during COVID oh. and it was filmed yep. in 83 days. Whoa. Yeah. Um, they built that set in uh, Vancouver. 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 So it's about kind of small town life with Did small town. Did they film on an island? No. Okay. No, it wasn't. It was like a park kind of area. Um, and I, I guess the village stayed up. But um, what a, it was a they, dump. <laughs> they think that all of the, I guess the people who wrote the thing that I was reading, they, they, they believed that the island was put together with like CGI to make it look like an island oh, from gotcha. like aerial views and stuff like that. There gotcha. are a lot of island areas in that part of British Columbia. Yeah. Um, Have you gotten to the Island Boys TikTok videos yet? No. 
Okay, so it's it's about small time small town life with small town struggles. Um and you have this kind of variety of characters. There are teenagers and children. There are you, all the way ranging to like people with dementia. Yeah. Um and in this in this village, the church is sort of the heartbeat of yeah, it's it. the town. It's the central like community and gathering place. They the leadership of that church was either horribly broken because there's just like a priest who had all time Alzheimer's basically yeah. or dementia or something, and somebody else who's come up underneath him and capitalized on yeah. his state of mind who is corrupt oh um, through and through. and so this community has been victimized by poor leadership of yeah. a church already um this priest goes on a sabbatical while he's on a sabbatical to the holy land he's bitten by a vampire and he is yeah. infected <laughs> with whatever the vampire has um at, because he's a priest and he sees everything through like this spiritual um a religious not just spiritual but religious, religious yeah view lens um he believes that he has discovered ever everlasting life and mm. all of these new miraculous abilities and he believes that this is a faith experience and that this vampire is actually an angel an angel and so he wants to share this yeah. miracle with his parish he brings the creature back to his hometown um and so then you get to see like all of this interaction there's religious nut jobs in this town there's scientific skeptics the in the whole town gamut rebellious teenagers there's a town drunk like outcast type of yeah. person you have the fervent and the faithful and like the normal people you have prodigal believers who kind of went and did their own thing and have come back um you have people uh, from another religion yeah um and then you also in the show see some decent leadership as well yeah um so mm. if I could say what I thought that this show was about. Like if I had to summarize it, I would say that it was about how our religion or sometimes our lack of religion can shape the way we see the world around us and how we read what is happening Yeah, and the meaning that we find in certain events. Oh yeah. I mean, this, this show is deep. I think it's very interesting, very interesting that even out you're going back to kind of a horror, you know, tropey aspects um, of things <clears throat> like the the show never once uses the word vampire. Never Does it not? once uses the word vampire. Are you sure? I am 100% sure because that blew me away. Nobody ever says vampire. They just call it the blessing, the blessing or the angel or whatever. And so like, I feel like that's how steeped or that thing, <laughs> that's how steeped this community is in kind of the, the, the thought process and the mindset is that it's like, nobody is, this is either the first ever instance of like vampirism in the world or they, they can't help but see this as like it, the angel of the Lord. Now, that being said, they don't actually all see it until 
The last the episode. second to last episode. Second to last. Yeah. And so then they're like freaking out and rightly so. Honestly, and I didn't think they freaked out enough. Enough? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> that was really scary. But I mean, I, I really do think that like it's for me, the, the, this show, this show kind of wraps up for me how we can be blinded by our religious views, mm-hmm. blinded to the world around us, blinded to the things that are actually happening, not just in our lives, but in the lives of people around us. We don't see them as people anymore. We see them as a means to an end for our religious purpose. Um, and so we talk about that a lot with LTN where we say, Hey, people are people. They are not projects. You know, we are going to just continue to love and serve our nerdy neighbors, whether they decide to fall in love with Jesus in the way that we do, whether they decide to believe the same things that we do about all of this stuff. Um, like that's, that's not the end goal, but in midnight mass, that was the goal. And that was the goal of even the, you know, what I would consider to be the main character of this story, Monsignor Pruitt, you know, that he, he wanted so desperately for his people to have this blessing that he forced it upon them. Mm-hmm. They had no say. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that probably in the next segment here of, you know, kind of how that happened and how that, that weird, and I would say even like a gross misuse of power, um, how he did all of the wrong things, uh, f- for what he considered to be the right reasons, but mm-hmm. still were the not right reasons. They were super mm-hmm. wrong. So, uh, when, when I watched this show, uh, and thank you, Hey, Warm beers. Thank you for forcing me to watch this. Um, <laughs> when I watched this show, I came out of it just almost with every single episode going, oh man, there's so much, so much to talk about. And I think uh, in the same way that as we're listening through Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, like I, I think that these are good things to experience. These are good things for people in 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 church leadership or organizational leadership or, or what have you, like people that are leaders of other people to experience these things and to think critically about them in their own areas. Like, okay, wow. Um, am I Bev who happens to be the, the Karen character here? Um, you know, who is, you know, abusing her power and abusing the power that she's been imbued with by the church and Monsignor and stuff like that, taking advantage of people. Am I that character? Um, am I, am I Paul or, you know, Monsignor Pruitt? Am I, am I him? Am I, do I think the things that I'm doing are right, but yet I'm leading my people directly into destruction? Like are those the things that I'm doing or am I some, you know, other person in the show? Like that's, that's the beauty of it is that you can see yourself as any one of the characters given a situation, you know, like. We'll talk a lot more about mm-hmm. it in the second segment, you know, kind of what happens about with these characters and stuff. But they're, even though this is such a small town, um, we are in a small town right now. Mm-hmm. Not that small, but like. Getting it, bigger by the second. Yeah. But yes. But we're in a small town and, and we've 
grown up in small towns. And mm-hmm. so like we, we understand this knowing people and their stories and not being able to get away from things and big fish in a small pond yes. kinds of things well, I mean, where it feels like one person holds the ultimate power in a church oh, yeah. and all kinds of different oh, yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think too, um, they kind of look at how religion can both help and hurt yeah. people. Um, and sometimes even do both of those things simultaneously, like the same thing can be read by different people and one person can be helped by it and another person be hurt by it. Um, I think we'll talk definitely some more about what you were, you were saying where it's like, you can have, you can be a great leader and maybe not do great things with your leadership, but the leadership skills were there and sort of the role of a, of a shepherd um, in a community. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue this, but we got to take a little break. So stick around with us because um, we'll do sort of a deeper dive in the next segment, and uh, we'll catch up through the after the after the blah blah blah. blah. See, <laughs> you do it, I do it. We all we all scream for ice cream. Hey, yeah. so don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Church Nerds podcast. Walking in faith. The dictionary defines faith as complete trust or confidence in something or someone. I can remember being taught in Sunday school that faith is believing in something even if you can't see it. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. But really, what does all of this mean? To believe in something or someone fully and completely even when we can't see it or them, and not falling idle to the things we can see, but may cause us to stumble. I'm a self-proclaimed overanalyzer. I will relive a conversation several times over and over, picking apart every word spoken and dissecting the tone in which each word was relayed, all in hopes of trying to find some underlying meaning. It's exhausting. I have a friend, though, who is an overanalyzer of a different kind. I like to refer to him as a researcher of all things. He will write out all the pros and cons of what may or may not happen in every situation he's placed in, trying to be prepared for all the what-ifs. I know for him, it's exhausting. To the world, being prepared is noble. Having a plan B or a backup is encouraged, but where exactly is the faith? Specifically in terms of walking with the Lord and living out the calling He has placed on our lives. If we make list after list of all the things that could go wrong, eventually we're going to shut the door on the opportunity God has opened for us. If we plan for all the possibilities and something outside the plan happens, we may find ourselves doubting whether or not we heard God right. But when we walk by faith, we have complete confidence that even in all the what ifs and unseen, God is there. He has equipped us for this purpose and will not leave us to fail. When we walk in faith, we can stand firm in the promise of Romans 8:28, remembering that God works all things together for good, even the mess ups, even the unplanned fails, even the things fully out of our control that he actually had control of the entire time. He will work it all together for the good as long as we obediently walk by faith.
Welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. In last segment, we discussed some of the broader themes and characters found in Midnight Mass, which is a Netflix original show brought to you by the same creators that did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, if you're familiar with those. Far less spoopy than that, mm-hmm. but still the same people and even yeah. some of the same actors. So, yeah, yeah um, it seems like they seem like a sort of tightly knit. Yep little uh group of people and actually one of the actresses aaron green like the actress who plays aaron green that's the director's wife and she's also a um screenplay screenplay writer writer. yeah Yeah. so this series really had a lot of our friends talking especially those who are in the middle of maybe deconstructing and are reorienting reorienting that's such a hard word it is not as hard of a word as this is a new word i learned theologizing 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 and that sounds is easier to hear it and say it than it is to read it like that, every time i read it i'm like how do you say this word theologizing theologizing feels like something that was done in the early 80s that i could watch a vhs tape of and like sweat I'm and reading read the bible. a book written in the early 80s like jazzercising and that is where i'm learning this word but it is not theologizing it's not. <laughs> and like you are you, you ready to move up tape. to the study bible and until like you start like lifting more weight and like kjv anyway. yeah yeah um but hey, anyway, like this really is uh, what something... you were trying to say is reorienting themselves with like the North American yeah, church, yeah, 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 the traditional church in North America. Anybody who's familiar with the just the concept of deconstructing, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily because I feel like some of our friends are not they're not ready to walk away from the Lord. So when we That's say what, just yeah. deconstructing faith, that makes it even sound like a bigger thing than it is. But they're like. I'm not sure that as the church, we're doing great right now and I'm going to take a beat and I'm going to read the word and I want to figure out what this is supposed to look like. Well, and a lot of times too, it's like my faith was not my faith. It was the faith of my family. It was the faith of my parents or my, my boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, it's, I, it doesn't feel like my own. So that deconstruction is basically the same thing as like taking a hamburger apart and kind of figuring out what the pieces are and how they fit together and then really deciding if you want to eat the hamburger after that. And so one of our children deconstructs everything, everything, every meal served yeah. to them drives me absolutely bananas. Cause I'm like, you, you can't deconstruct it. You won't get the full flavor profile if you don't get all of the pieces in your mouth at the same time. I would say the same could be said about this topic, but that's just me. <clears throat> if you are going through something where you're deconstructing your faith, hey, we love you. Um, we want to be with you on that journey. And we know why. Yeah. I mean, like we know why people do 
go through the process of deconstructing their faith. And we, we know a lot of people who kind of are there. And so when those people have watched this specific show, they're like, man, that was really interesting to watch Mm -hmm. while I am where I am. And I found this really helpful, or I felt like this part really rang true for me. Um, and so for, to me, I was like, I think I have to watch this show now because even though it's horror, (laughs) because there are people in my life who are finding truth in it somehow. And I need to know why. And so going back again to what Jacqueline Parrish was talking about a couple episodes ago, where it's like, what is the art trying to say, regardless of the medium and whether you like or don't like the medium? Yeah, that's not the question. If sometimes we need to know what it says. Yeah. And maybe find beauty in that message or agree or disagree with it. But Mm -hmm. hear, hear what it's trying to say. So question number one for that is what is the appeal of midnight mass or what do we think the appeal might be? Who's the audience for this kind of a deal? I don't like, I don't know. Like you said that this team often deals with, um, the more spiritual side Mm -hmm. of horror. So there's, um, there's different types of horror. There's like abandonment or there's body horror and, you know, all these different kinds of things that we can find horrific spirituality, ghosts and, and things of that nature are, are what this mortality team of writers and directors seem to gravitate towards. I would be interested to, I guess, hear why, they are so interested in that or like if they have history in church or anything like that. Um, this show is full of scripture. Oh my now, gosh. It is full of scripture that is being taken out of context constantly. And that's purposeful. Oh yeah. It's purposeful because they are trying to show how sometimes um, a holy text, we'll just call it that, can be bent for the purpose or will of a human mm-hmm. in order to take advantage of somebody else or to to forward somebody's agenda. And so they'll take scripture and be like, oh, God said it. Yeah. God said this about, about the thing that's happening here. When it's like, I don't think that that means mm-hmm. what you think it means. No, it was, it was uh, actually watching you watch that was just as good as watching the show. What? Whenever oh. Bev would take a scripture and just poop all <sighs> over it. And- it just made me really <clears throat> mad. It made me feel really sick. It made me feel yeah. really sick yeah. watching well, it. Well, because, I mean, here's the deal. We've known, and I dare say no people like that, mm-hmm. that do that. Uh, so an example, <laughs> somebody in my family actually did this to me recently. Um, was it me? <laughs> no, okay. but somebody uh, at, just went off on me and it was very unpleasant and sad and, and all of that. Um, and, and then they said, it's okay that I treated you like that just now, because I believe I was right in my anger basically. And even Jesus, when he was angry, went and flipped tables in the <laughs> temple he, yeah, and made a whip and drove out thing. the money changers. Yeah. And I had to say to that person, no, no, <laughs> no. 
Um, that that's not what happened. I mean, yes, that's what happened, but that is not equal to what just happened now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't just apply something like that. You're taking that out of context and yeah, that's trying to justify your sin to me. It's almost exactly not how that works. Right. Well, you see a lot of that in the show. Um, but that type no, of here's thing. the thing. Nobody calls anybody on it when they do stuff like that. In the show? Yes. Like That is the craziest well, thing to me. Because I think that sometimes if we are confident enough with what we say and she, she, Bev, Bev Keen is the, I don't know what her title is because honestly, and this isn't my own fault. I have a deficiency of knowledge as far as like, you know, stations of rank and yeah. stuff in within the Catholic church. So I don't know what her title would be, but she's in this small town. She's basically the only helper that this priest has. And she has amassed a great deal of influence in this community as well as resources. She's uh, that's one of the things, the ways that she's victimized the town is she's basically taken them for a financial ride, mm -hmm. um, embezzled a lot of money basically and built a rec center um, for the, the parish and um, not the parish, but the church. I don't know what they would call it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and so she is this person of high influence and she knows all this scripture and she just, she says it with such authority that nobody is willing. It drives people crazy. Drives them absolutely. And they hate it. Bonkers. And they know it's wrong, but they just don't feel like they can stand up to her because they know she's going to come right back with another thing. Yeah. It's almost like, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, blech, yeah. Yuck. Bev, Bev has nobody to keep her accountable and it is very troublesome in the show. So what were the things for you? That was hard for me to watch the scripture being taken out of context yeah. constantly, sometimes used Sometimes scripture was used really well. Um, yeah. And it was sad that like Monsignor Pruitt, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but the way that he was counseling people and the way that he was relating to people and the way that he did use scripture as he was counseling, I was like, man, he. That was very good. Looks like he's pastoring well. Yeah. The problem is that he has this horrible motive, like he's completely misguided. And so he's leading them down a bad path, but he's leading them so gently and well. He's leading them well <laughs> down a bad path. Yes. Which, I mean, truth be told, that happens a lot. Like it really does. Uh, one of the one of the major arguments for, uh, I guess, against religion and Christianity and yada yada yada, whatever it is, is that like the the it's it's this this kind of conglomerate like conspiracy, right? Like everybody is just trying to dupe you and get one over on you. And they're just, they're, they're knowingly leading you down this, this wrong path and you know, God's not real and like all this stuff. And it's like, no, I mean, I can, like, I can tell you from personal experience, like that nobody is willingly leading you down or I'm not at least, I, not everybody is willingly leading anybody down a negative path because we truly believe that what we are doing is the right thing to do. Monsignor Pruitt has the very same mindset. 
mm-hmm. because that is who he is and it is the essence of of his character and his being so when he knows he cares very deeply oh about his town cares very deeply about these individuals watches them suffer and wants to do something about it and believes he has the answer yeah and so i mean he he does what he feel is the feels is the right thing to do just anybody with a pair of eyeballs that can can see we as the audience have you know the the <laughs> we have the privilege of being able to see the story as it starts to unfold and we can look at that and go nah man how do you not see that this is a bad thing yeah how so, is it not occurring to you that this is like for instance for instance the scene where we see where he meets the vampire okay like the way that that scene and just the experience was constructed inside of the show um was he was on his trip to the holy land that the church sent him on Okay. A sabbatical. And he was like 4 billion years old. Like, dude, super old. He wasn't 4 billion. He was like, he was very old. Dementia. He was in his 80s. Yeah, he's like, he was he was having a hard time. Um, but they send him over there by himself. Nobody with him. He ends up getting lost in the desert on the road to Damascus. Any of this sounding familiar, people? Okay, he gets lost on the road to Damascus. This cavern basically uncovers itself you know a la the cave of wonders in aladdin you know just kind of like opens up he goes inside of it to seek refuge from the storm and basically gets eaten alive by this vampire living in there yeah Yeah. and so he sees the wings on it and immediately is like this is an angel Mm -hmm. and then if you know anything about like the tropes of like vampirism and stuff like that like one of the things is that once you get bit, then you start to like, you become part of this collective consciousness with the host. And so the vampire that turns you, you then start to like hear them and stuff like that. And so he starts to equate that with his consciousness and the Holy Spirit and hearing and this see, angel. I don't and, know enough about like vampire myth. Yeah. There's a bunch of this stuff that you pick up on that I. I don't know those things yeah. about vampires. And so that makes, that makes sense. Well, because I was like, when, <laughs> when I, so he, he gets bitten when he's in this cave, he becomes youthful. Mm-hmm. Takes he, him back his to the mind, perfect age. His mind is restored uh, and all of this stuff. And, and then um, he decides he's going to bring it back with him to <laughs> British Columbia and <laughs> Vancouver, yeah. um, he, he stuffs it in a trunk and smuggles it yes. back home. And I'm like, why would this creature allow him to stuff it in a trunk? But that makes sense. If the creature was like, no, I need to get out of this cave. So I'm going to use this other yep. human to do it. Got it. And so, I mean, like he even coming back, he comes back young but he doesn't want everybody to know why he's back. So he says that he's been sent from the high council, basically to replace Monsignor Pruitt. Who to is, stand in temporarily, yeah. but you haven't lost your pastor. <laughs> he's blah, doing blah, blah. well. You know, it's all these like half truths, right? Like and, confessing daily about all the lies that he's telling, but then lets this vampire loose on the Island. Now, for whatever reason, 
I don't fully understand. The vampire doesn't just go, like go ham on the people. He just starts uh-huh. like eating cats. And so like. <laughs> maybe um, a plot hole. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's I, I, a plot I don't hole. Um, he'll like steal, you know, steal some people away and, you know. Well, feed, but- it starts with, and maybe that's where the collective consciousness comes in because the people that he consumes first are, th- they are the least of these. Yeah. They are the the cast offs of the community, the the kids who have gotten into trouble with drugs, the town drunk, yeah. and those types of people who seem unredeemable. He eats them first and then moves on to some others. So we see we, we start to see Monsignor Pruitt um change. Like he he doesn't know what's happening. He has no idea what's happening. He knows that something has happened. He knows that he has to get, you know, what he thinks is an angel onto the island because he wants to share that blessing. And, you know, he's he's hearing the, the spiritual side of all this, right, is that he's hearing these these voices. He's, he's hearing this. He has this influence in him that is pushing him down a road that is making him feel like he's going down the correct path when in actuality he's not. And so we start to get like these glimpses of spiritual oppression, borderline possession. Um, oh, you yeah, know, like absolutely not full on possession because this, you know, that this, that this vampire, right. This demon, this entity um, has its own form outside of him, but the influence is very heavy in that. And, one of the most interesting things, and we don't talk a lot about spiritual warfare here on the show and all that stuff, because that really is like black belt theological stuff to deal with. Um, but that is another big plot point in this show is like when you start to, and I didn't realize that you didn't know that about vampires, and I'm sorry, I would have talked to you about that earlier, but as you start to understand that it is like, this virus that's spreading around all of them Mm -hmm. that as you start to, to get bit, there's a, there's another character in the show who I thought was going to be the main character. Um, his name is Riley. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as they're having one of the most just pivotal, pivotal counseling session moments in the entire show where Monsignor Pruitt is coaching counseling Riley on like, Hey, you're a vampire now. Um, but no, they're not saying vampires. He's like, Hey, this is what's happening to you. I want to be here before. And he stays with him the whole time. Like he's there with him, like helping him work through it. Now he's helping him work through it from the, the side of like, this is good. This is what we should do. When Riley's like, everything about this is wrong. And so he, he I've, uses... I've been violated and I'm... I didn't ask for I'm this. I'm now a yeah. blight on humanity. Yeah. And so uh, Monsignor, he he says to Riley, he says, hey, um, I hear him so clearly. I hear him more clearly every day and you will start to hear him too. Like it's it's that, that idea that it's not just Monsignor Pruitt that hears him, but with every person, even secondary like secondarily, right? Like this is, this is, this is discipleship, but it's like a dark discipleship. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's like taking this idea and perverting it. And- well, and because that's part of what the show is looking into is like 
that fine line between like cult. Yeah. Because it's, it's very like drink the Kool-Aid, uh, which is blood. So he's he's putting this contaminated blood into communion, yeah. like into the sacraments of communion. That is how he's sort of propagating preparing. Yeah. and preparing this congregation to all be turned. Um, no, we didn't even. And so it's like that drink the Kool-Aid and it is discipleship in, but it's, I think many things in life have this. Um, it's, there's a, a capacity for good that could also be used for evil oh, yeah. type of thing. And so I think that this show is exploring that, um, th that possibility um, because one of the things that I, act, I, that I liked about it was that it did not necessarily make all people of faith seem like crazy people. No, it did not. It did not paint them all as fools. Are there sheep in this show who just do whatever is asked of them and don't ask enough questions? Absolutely. Yeah. There are some of those people. Are there also people who have worshiped faithfully for years, but then see what's going on in this church and go, nope, I want none of that <laughs> yes. because they can still think for themselves. Yes, there yeah. are also those people. And there's a scene where um, a person who has become an atheist um, has walked away, like grew up in church, mm. um, Riley, the one you were talking about, and he ends up, he was a troubled kid kind of, he ends up killing somebody in a drunk driving accident and it completely breaks him. Yeah. Um, and he's struggling to the very end of the show with guilt um, and purpose and all kinds of things. Um, and then there's another person who kind of walked away from faith and then came back. And the, these two people are talking about death. What is death? What happens to you when you die? And they have two different ideas. And the atheist is basically all of these scientific things and things that are going on in your brain and your body. And then you just cease to exist and you like take the dirt nap and you fertilize the ground kind yeah. of thing. And hers is this beautiful picture of um, being with God and belonging and that, and of not being alone and being loved because yeah. God is love and it's, and it's beautiful. And both of those things are put side by side and neither of them are made to look um, ridiculous, necessarily right or wrong or yeah. crazy. Um for a show that is not being produced by Christians, yeah. um, that is, it's actually secular, a lot of times they will, and these types of shows, make religious people seem really over the top crazy, make them seem blind to everything around them and really, really ridiculous and mm. obtuse and all these things. And this show didn't. No, do that, um, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah, I uh, really, I really did enjoy that. I, I loved, I loved how it it painted the concept. I won't say, I will not say Christianity. I love how it painted the concept of religion. It's like it it has good in it, mm -hmm. and it also has like great potential for evil in it when yielded because it comes down to motive absolutely and so bev's motives were wrong from the from the get-go and then they kind of look at at monsignor pruitt yeah um where it kind of comes out in the end too that he's like did it wrong. I, 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 my motives yep. were not Shouldn't great have done that yeah my motives were not great in <clears> this <throat> and this was a mistake and i was blinded by just my own desire 
which were not necessarily terrible desires because he wanted like his family reunited. Yeah, that's um, not like it's not all in all a bad goal, but there there were a lot of people who paid the price because he wanted that at all costs. And, you know, diff- I don't know. Very interesting. Well, I, I will say this and then, you know, we got to wrap it up. We're going long. But the <laughs> the the actor that plays Monsignor Pruitt, um, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Hamish Linklater. Linklater. Maybe Linklater. There's Art yeah. Linklater. Yeah, L-I-N-K-L-A-T-E-R, Linklater. Okay. Um, Linklater. He, this guy, just give him all of the awards. All of them. I mean, like, as he was delivering sermons in this show, I'm like... Amen. Freaking into it. <laughs> and I'm like looking around. Nobody's there. It's just me. I'm like looking around for somebody to lock eyes with and go, right? Like, right? Now, he delivers a a pretty weird fiery one there at the end but it's like you know (laughs) when it took like i said it takes the 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 whole concept of the show is that when you are bitten by the vampire it takes you back to the best version of yourself like that those your golden years Mm -hmm. not like golden at the end of your life but like this is the best you Mm -hmm. and the pinnacle of your health and vitality everything yeah and dude was freaking on fire from the pulpit and I looked at that and I was just, I mean, it, it made me feel things. Like I was just like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then it didn't wane. It just, it, it, it was, it just moved off by a couple of degrees. Mm-hmm. And so the same fervor and passion and zeal that he had was now pointed in the wrong direction. And then mm-hmm. it, it started to make everybody go, Ugh. <laughs> nope, yeah. nope. Yeah. Is this guy yeah. good at what he does? Yeah. yeah. Was I getting some some vibes of some real life pastors that exist in the world? Yeah. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah. But like this guy, Hamish Linklater. Ladder? What did I said? Later? Linklater. This guy needs an Emmy for what he did. He freaking nailed it. It was great. Um, I, I This isn't our nerdy recommend, recommendation for the show, but I, I would say that if if you can... Maybe watch this show. Well, I mean, it it is thought provoking. It's, it's very thought provoking. Like, if you we can hang with the spoopy things, and again, it's watch not, it in the middle of the day with the lights it's on. It's not like, over the top. I mean, there's a lot of blood, but it's also not like gore, like no, 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 no. like no, some I mean, shows. So there's this, there one scene on the second to last episode, just trigger warning heavy, <laughs> but but like th- we did not even scratch the. Not really. And I'm bummed about that. I almost feel like don't, don't you dare lock me into anything. Like we should do another episode. I feel like we could do an entire series. Series? I'm serious, dude. I feel like we could do an entire series on this show because there's so much to unpack when it comes to the church, when it comes to how the world views Christianity. I think this was a good Mm-hmm. step in the right direction now like to for every episode to be like how did so, so and so yes. view the church how did yeah. how they've been hurt and how have we actually seen people how did they view like the church person? and how did the church view them mm-hmm. you know so like mm-hmm. there there is a, a lot of back and forth we're not we're probably not going to do that but like, I just many like episodes the, we could probably like mini we little could, tiny yeah, I'll, I'll pray about it <laughs> well actually hey we do have a break coming up mm-hmm we might be able to, to work something up. I'm not promising anything because I'm kind of excited about a break. But um, 
Hey, don't go anywhere, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and being a part of what it is that we do here on Church Nerds and with Love Thy Nerd. But we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to give you our nerdy recommendation of the day and our Church Nerds memory verse here on the Church Nerds Podcast. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Well, to close out our show today, we do have a nerdy recommendation for you, and that is something a little different. Um, It's not something that you can run out and get and purchase and have living on your shelf or, you know, that you can read or do anything like that. The nerdy recommendation today is a very special holiday giveaway that is being run over on the JNPay. That's J-A-Y-N-P-A-Y Twitch channel. You can go to twitch.tv slash JNPay. And it's very interesting. I have the the, the privilege of being able to, to help manage that stream for my brother and He's a very generous person. So this season, what he wants to do is he wants to make an impact for a family in need. So here's the stitch, right? We want you, the listener, to nominate a family in need. Now, when we say nominate a family, the hope here is that you wouldn't nominate yourself. You may be in need, and we understand that. But this is extended generosity. So can you find somebody in your sphere of influence, in your immediate circle or otherwise that is in need this holiday season. And what we're talking about is not just presence under the tree. Yeah, this is not like an angel tree. That's what I was thinking. Kind of giveaway um, where, you know, we're just, what, what presents do we want to get for these kids? Yeah, pick a name, 20 this bucks, is, you know. This is like a big deal kind of thing. Not, we know that the toys can be a big deal to kids, but like, Parents included, like this is a, this is a big deal. Um, Kind of a remember this Christmas forever. This changed our lives kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, What would it be like to not have bills for a month mm -hmm. for the month of December to not have to worry about a mortgage payment or a car payment or the water bill or electricity or food or having you know, some of the other things like that are directly related to Christmas, like a Christmas tree or ornaments for it or decorations or you know, presents under the tree. That's all part of it. But it's more than just the, the, the things in the boxes and the wrapping paper. It's all of the stuff outside of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times families who are already stressed out enough try to go the extra mile because they want to make Christmas good for their family and for their kids and stuff like that. And that ends up spiraling them further into financial ruin and depression and all sorts of stuff to start out the new year. 
And so we got together and said, well, what would it look like? Tim said this, he said, what would it look like if we were just able to relieve all of that financial burden for a month, including not just the things that happen every month, but the most expensive thing that happens all year, which is Christmas. Mm -hmm. So you free up all of that financial space for a family to say, okay, now you, you have all of that to now start to, to move in a direction that you want to actually go in. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about any of that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do that, but we can't do it without if your you, help. If you don't know who, to, who needs it. So if you know a family in need, all, I ha- we have a link that will be in the description of this show. It'll be on the podcast page at Church Nerds um, on Facebook or on our Twitter page, um, you know, at Church Nerds LTN. You can also find it at lovethynerd.com slash church nerds and then click on this episode's, um, you know, link and it'll take you straight to it. Uh, But this will only be running probably through the end of November because we want to make sure that we get those December bills um, in Mm -hmm. and paid for. So. Mm -hmm. Something and to think about. So included is making a video. You have to make a video. You have to make a video. You have to make if a you video. Don't want to make a video, you will not be able to nominate somebody. Unfortunately not. That's one of the things. I mean, I, I told you all the stuff we're willing to do, which is not a small amount of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we want from you is of course we're gonna need basic information. What's their name, their address, their phone number, yada yada yada, so we can get in contact with them. But also Hey, tell us why in both written form. And we also want you to sit down and record a video. I don't need a highly produced video. Don't need that. I want you telling us why these people are in need. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can't do, them. if you can't do that, then we're <laughs> unfortunately not going to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and the way I think about it too, is like, think of what you would do to apply for a grant or a student loan or like all kinds of different things. People go to great lengths to do those kinds of things. And this could be actually impactful for a family. And I don't think that a video is too much to ask. Dude, I honestly, like I just not uh, asking for your last three years of tax, like taxes, which we do (laughs) when we want something. So, you know, like I, I just applied for the nonprofit version of Canva because we have some people on our team that use Canva. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you might, Luke actually, Philippiac, Frost, Frostbite, he was like, hey, have we thought about getting this? And I'm like, I don't use Canva, so no, I haven't thought about it. He's like, some people do, and using the pro features, you know, can just help them be better at what they do. And so in that, that form was lengthy, bro. It was like, mm-hmm. um, how are you impactful? Give us three short stories of how you've impacted people with your your nonprofit. Um, what are, what are three of the the major struggles that you face? You know, um, what are some improvements? What are some, some of your high points, low points? It's like, it was the most intensive thing that I'd filled out just for software. software. And you know, it's like, (laughs) okay. Uh, I, I did it and we got approved and it was really cool, but it was at the end of the day, I'm thinking back, like, that's not even, that's just software. Like this is like actual impact on people in their lives. And so something to think about um, as we move forward, like I said, the link will be in there. Sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, just flap, 
plop the gums about all that stuff. I think but it's really cool though. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. So again, that's mm. that's from Jay and Pay. If you want to go over twitch.tv slash Jay and Pay, hit hit him with a follow. I don't. Somebody's mowing like crazy outside. Is that a mower? I hope it's a mower. <laughs> it could be. There's street maintenance yeah. scheduled and all kinds of stuff. Well, hey, you want to hear a Bible verse? I would love to hear a Bible okay. verse. In context Ready? or out of context? Turn in your Bible to 2 Timothy. You're doing the song. Okay. Chapter 2 and verse 15. I can't not do the song for 2 Timothy 2.15. No, yeah. Guys, this is the Awana key verse. Like all of Awana. Not just each little different club, but like the big one. Um, I think they're called gangs, <laughs> aren't they? Christian Christian elementary school gangs. Yeah, <laughs> they wear colors. They have uniforms. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, and they all goodness. have like really sharp trying, objects on them at all times. That is, we're gonna go well. Um, I was trying to describe gangs to our children. Because really? yes, because they were asking about like school dress code and why are certain things oh. allowed and why are certain <laughs> things not allowed and why wouldn't you be allowed to wear hoods and all these different things that I'm like, well, because it could be gang related, which in our tiny, tiny little town is not a big deal. Actually, in our town in New Mexico, it was a big it was deal. A it was a deal. big deal. Yeah. Um, lots of gangs there. But here I'm like, how do you describe a gang? Well, it's it's like a club where people. For people to do crime together. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And bad things. But the buttercream gang. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For reals though. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed. Rightly handling the word of truth. So that's the... The big deal, the key is if we are going to have access to the word of God and to know it, we need to, we have to handle it properly. And and midnight mass is like one long example of it not being handled properly. We need to know it and we need to communicate it properly. So yeah, there you go, people. Uh, and if not, we're going to drag you on this, this here, uh, podcast, no, just kidding. Um, but Hey, be sure to check us out online at love thy nerd for, uh, love thy nerd.com rather for all of the amazing articles on everything nerdy, as well as this show and our other podcasts and videos. We have seven shows in our podcast network. Woo. That's like a lot. And it's not it? even all of the things that we do. Those There's are just the shows. shows. I don't know. What's a normal amount of shows. One, so. <laughs> one is a normal amount of shows. For a network, yeah. What about like how many does no, Christianity not. Today have? I don't see. I don't know. Like their their stuff is not. It's not long running. Okay. It's short form stuff like like a Midnight Mass miniseries. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, hey, we've we've got seven of them. This is one of them, and we would love for you to just kind of get involved with as many of them as you can. We've got the Pull List, which is a comic podcast. We've got um, two words, which is a wrestling podcast. We've got Humans of Gaming, which dives into uh, interviews with people in the industry. Um, we've also got the Back Row Morning Show, which is the Back Row Morning Show that <laughs> Matt and Mo do on LTN Radio. Um, what else we got? We got Free Play. I almost forgot about that one. Don't know how that happened. Did you say the book club? And the book club. 
Like I didn't get to that one yet, but yeah, we have uh, free play is kind of our free form one that we do um, on Fridays on Twitch. And then the book club is exactly what it sounds like. It's Madeline Turnipseed and her crew sitting down, reading books and talking about them. So if any of that stuff kind of fits your fancy, hit us up. You can go to lovethynerd.com slash podcasts. And all of those will be there um, for you to kind of check out and see what's going on. But you can also become a financial partner with us here at Love Thy Nerd. Um, and our organization is tax deductible when you give gifts. So we're a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit, or nonprofit organization. You stop moving stuff around when I'm trying to read here, lady. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. Making it very difficult <laughs> for me to like not read the same line twice. I was formatting. I don't <laughs> care about your formatting. Anyways, hey, our, our stuff is tax deductible. So if you give to us, um, thank you so much. And we will send you something at the end of the year for that. Also, don't forget that you can select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice on smile.amazon.com. And that's going to give LTN a small kickback from your purchase at absolutely no extra cost to you. So as you're shopping this holiday season, do us a solid. Head on over to smile.amazon.com. Set Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice and uh, help us out while you are shop, shop, shop till you drop, drop, drop. I noticed the other day, this is off script. I noticed the other day that um, we are also set up on target.com. Oh. Yeah. I wish I knew that. I just spent some money at Target Yeah, online. Um, that one's a little bit different. It's like, hey, do you want to give a dollar to LTN? You know, kind of a deal. But oh, no, anyway, no, um, we're trying to trying to get in more. Pla- yeah, pass. <laughs> we're trying to get into more places and do more things there. Hey, you can also check us out on social media at Love Thy Nerd on all of the major platforms and on the aforementioned LTN radio each and every Friday morning. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this today, I promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. Thank you.